Greetings, my friends. Hope you're doing well. Welcome to Minute with Mark. And today we're going to chat a little bit about a two-pronged thing I call the Creator's Code. There's two facets to it. There is a caveat to it. It's not a law. It's a general code. And the idea is we've got all the... Here's like the big elevated view. And just play with... Massage with this idea a little bit. Um... The old tale says that we are made in the image of God. So around our house, we'll have the kids, I'll say, um, what are you? And we have a little uh, responsatory thing. And so my Micah, he's eight years old. And this is after they make a mistake or this is after they do something good. I say, who are you? And he'll say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made by God and I act like it. So I am fearfully and wonderfully made by God. Now, the idea is that we are in God's image. And that because of that, he is the ultimate creator. He creates out of nothing. He, he, has a, he has the power that is just absolutely stunning with his creative power. And we are made in his image, which means a lot of things. But one of the dominant things is as he worked for six days, according to the tale, whether you look at that as six historical days or six epochs of eras of time, or just even if you just choose to look at it as an evolutionary development, kind of agnostically or however it is, creation is an unbelievable, um, it's an unbelievably complex design. And right now about 50% of scientists um, are on the, are, have thrown up their hands on random act of, random act of evolution and just saying, they've just thrown up their hands and they're saying there's a creative design, it's intelligent design. And these aren't necessarily Christians or, or, Christian scientists, they're just simply like, there has to be design inherent in this this mechanism of the bodies of the fish, of the flies, of the ecosystem. Like, it can't be random. So they've, they've gone to intelligent design just kind of agnostically, meaning agnostic means a, anti-gnostic means knowledge. So you can't really know how this intelligent design works, but hey, it's intelligent design. So about 50% of the scientific communities on that um, role anyway. But the idea, um, assuming that we're going with the creator concept, is that we're made in the image of this creator. And therefore, we can reconstitute all this created stuff around us and come up with new designs and inventions and thoughts, even curating new kinds of thoughts, buildings, architecture, paintings, gardening, landscaping, scientific discovery, like that is our primary impulse is to create, reconstitute, discover the glory that's embedded inside of the physical creation. All right, so that's a little bit more than I plan on going into right now. But the creator's code that I put, po- I posted this on Facebook a while ago and it kind of took off. It got a bunch of shares, it got a bunch of likes, a bunch of people commented on it. And In today's episode, I just want to share how I immediately implemented it today. Just now, it's finished, it's out, it's public, it's in the market. And here it is. Number one is that good is good enough. Number two is that after the idea is alive and breathing, I can spend energy beautifying it later. So the idea is number one. This is for ideation. You have an idea. Now, there's a caveat on this because good isn't always good enough, but most of the time, speed is better than perfection. So good is good enough. Now, if you take you take a look at Microsoft and how Bill Gates became a billionaire, he put out micro. Do you remember early Microsoft? It was such a freaking 
disaster, how many times would it just close? It didn't auto save. You'd lose your homework. Now, I was a child of the you know, 90s. Uh, I was actually a child of the 80s, but I started using word processing in the 90s. And how many of us from that era would be on our homework project? And it, the whole thing would just freeze and you'd lose everything. You'd have to remember to physically, manually save things all the time. Spell check was almost a new thought. I mean, just the initial Microsoft was not that good. It wasn't perfect, but it was good enough and it was better than the alternative, which was nothing. So good is good enough. And that goes from the billionaire level, iPhone 1. Do you think that was the full vision of Steve Jobs' vision, was the iPhone 1? Are you freaking kidding me? He had about 15 to 20 years. He had about two decades of iterations on that phone when he released it. It's just the technology and the time and the perfection was not the important part. Good was good enough. And after the idea was alive and breathing, meaning the people took to it, the idea that common people would actually pop out five, $600 on technology to have designer phones. This was a big risk on his part. Who knew? But he did it. And after it was alive and breathing, Apple now spends some energy beautifying it every year. And so this is the creator's code as, as I see it. So that's nice and well. Now, how do you implement that on the day-to-day as an entrepreneur? So today, um, I've got the creator's code in the back of my mind a lot of the time. Now, there's a caveat where sometimes good is not good enough. We, do an, we just did another um, company and a brand that we launched where good wasn't good enough. And after the idea was alive and breathing, we could spend time beautifying it. That was not what the design of that brand was. Perfect was the minimum standard. And, one, and that was the launch. The launch was to be perfect, elegant, aha, wow. And granted, there'll be time beautifying what we've created. But the the launch on that particular thing was perfection from the start. Okay, so um, now I've also spent about 12 months creating that. And if I lived as an entrepreneur in the mindset of that standard, I wouldn't eat very often. Okay, because you want to be asking yourself two questions at all times. What would make me the most amount of money right now? What will make me the most amount of money right now? and give the biggest impact. So if you want to add a little philanthropic kind of, what will make the most impact and make the most revenue right now? Write that question down. Look at it. It might be sell your motorcycle. It might be sell your boat. That's that will make me the most money right now. It might be um, offer coaching. It might be you know, do a rapid fire sale, burn out our inventory, just make the most money now. Now, if you live every day, wake up and say, what's the activity that will make me the most amount of money today? Um, It's not a real sustainable model and your future isn't necessarily going to be that much better. So I ask myself two questions. What will make me the most amount of money and impact right now? Right now, what would do it? And I make a big list of You know, this would make me the most, this would make me the second, this would make me the third, blah, blah, blah. And you don't always go for what would make you the most because it can eat all your time. And so it might not make you the most over the course of the next 90 days, but it would make you a good splash up front. So, and then I I temper that question with what is the big long-term play that will have the most impact and the greatest odds of the most steady, abundant money. So, rewind that and listen to that question again. But the gist of it was, what is the long-term play that is the most likely to give me a sustainable, abundant income long-term? If you wake up and ask yourself that question, 
you likely won't make much money today. So part of your bloodletting, meaning part of your energy and your livelihood is to go to what's going to work right now, what's going to pay the bills right now, what's going to grow the brand right now, what's going to ring the cash register because oxygen in a business, oxygen and money are interchangeable to me. I literally just meant to say money is the oxygen of a business, but oxygen is money in a business. If you're, if you're cash starved, you're screwed. Like you're just screwed. You cannot iterate at the speed you can. You, you cannot get the creature comforts that can create a productive environment for you to actually get into a massive flow of deep thinking creativity. Now is now, and there's a power in now and what's paying the bills right now, here's the little secret on this thing. What's paying the bills for you right now is actually the seeds that you planted six to nine months ago. So we're always reaping and sowing at the same time. And well, not that's the prosperity pattern is that you're doing two things. You're asking yourself, what's going to make me the most money right now? That's when you're reaping, you're reaping the collateral that you've created and sowed in the past. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's the marketing of the past. It's the leads that have been enculturated, the buyer leads, the the customers, the the book of business that you currently have that you can tap and resource and serve deeper and bigger. That is money now that you're actually harvesting because of with seeds you've planted over the years and months. So right now, if you're struggling in harvest, it's because in the last six months ago, you weren't planting hard enough. You were not sowing in tears. There's a psalm that said, he who goes about weeping, sowing in tears, in sowing in tears. So basically he's crying is the, the metaphor in the visual is that the out is a farmer. They're sowing seeds with tears. They're literally like, gosh, this is hard work. The harvest is months away. You sow in tears. He comes back reaping with joy, carrying his sheaves with him, which is basically this vision of him overstacked with so much harvest on him that he's he's heaving him, weighting him down. So now he's rejoicing. Now here's the thing. Prosperity is, is both. You're planting and reaping at the same time. So part of your energy, catch this now, follow me on this, track on me, track this, track this. Part of it is constantly reaping. You can constantly have a harvest. And then simultaneously to maintain that harvest, if you're only harvesting, you're going to come to an end of that harvest and then look around and go, oh shit, we harvested everything because that's how harvest and sowing works. So at the same time as you're saying, what's gonna, what can we do right now to harvest? You want to be asking, what seeds should we be planting right now for the future? Okay, does it make sense? So you've got to... You, you want to position yourself where you're not just caught up chicken in the head cut off and caught in the business. And most small business owners, uh, $5 million or, or less annual revenue, most people in small business are caught. They're trapped inside their business. They're busy inside the maintenance and just the function of the daily business. They've bought themselves a job that really they'd quit, but they can't get out of anyway because they're so damn leveraged into the thing. And so it's really a disaster. Okay. Now flip the other side. When you're reaping and half of your energy or so is sowing seeds into a future that is very big, you're constantly planting. Okay. So anyway, well, this was um, really, you know, I'm going to set my, I'm going to set my 
timer here so I don't keep talking. I'm going 15 minutes more and we're out. We're out of here. I got, I got things to do. Okay. So um, anyway, so this bias for action that good is good enough after the idea is alive and breathing, I can spend some energy beautifying it. So hopefully I've established that that's what billionaire Bill Gates did. That's what billionaire Steve Jobs did. I mean, you think Facebook was great when it kicked off? No, it was good enough. That's all it was. It was good enough. And now the idea has been iterated and now it's been beautified and now it's just being worked on and being maintained. Okay. So with that, today um, happens to be the 26th of the month that I'm recording this in. And so what I want to do is I read Proverbs every day and imagine King Solomon himself whispering to me. So I imagine literally King Solomon in his full getup. I imagine him literally on a throne with with lion sculptures around him, uh, an, a magnificent crown that is bejeweled all over the place. I imagine him with a kind of Mesopotamian kind of beard. He's a little darker. He looks a little bit more like a probably um, Egyptian type of person, Middle Eastern, I, I kind of Iraqi Jewish from the old world. Like I, I really put myself in in that state of imagining him and this glowing amount of wisdom that comes from him. And I imagine him speaking the verse to me, whispering it to me. So it's like, Mark, and then I read through the 30 Proverbs. And then what I do is I imagine that they manifest for me immediately. Okay, so this is the one I'm going to go into today and then show how I applied the creator's code and how it's live. And you can swipe and steal and deploy whatever you want for your own business. But he writes, like snow in the summer. Okay, so like snow in the summer. Snow in the summer is unnatural and it's annoying. Okay, and it's, it should be almost impossible even though it can happen. So it's unnatural and annoying, like snow in the summer, and like rain in harvest. Rain during harvest, it jeopardizes the crops because the crops are ready to be plucked and harvested. And when it starts raining, it delays the picking up and the harvesting of that. So it actually jeopardizes all the work. It jeopardizes months of work, and it causes delay. It delays abundance. It threatens the harvest. It threatens the, pro the um, profits, and it's just frustrating to have rain when it's time to harvest. You can't get your tractors in there. In the old days, it'd be the oxen with the carts and, you know, you just, it's just out of, it's bad news. And it's, and with the verses as snow in the summer and rain in the harvest. So it's not right for a fool to have honor. It's not good. It's unnatural. It's annoying. It jeopardizes the real growth. It delays abundance because it's out of the natural order to give honor to somebody who's a fool. Now, the flip of this is also true, which means like a perfect sunny, bugless, humidity-free day in the summer. This is when the baseball bats are, you can hear the crack of the baseball bat. There's no bugs out there. It's perfect picnic. Everyone's in great spirit. People are out getting golfing. The weather's so great. People are hustling through the work so they can get to the barbecues at night. Happiness is like the font of the day. Like a perfect sunny, bugless, low humidity day in the summer. And like friendly skies during harvest. Maybe even a cool little breeze as you're working in the fields. What would be the flip, right? Of the flip that retains the truth of that, that first proverb. Like a sunny, bugless, low humidity, perfect day in the summer. And like skies that are friendly and a cool breeze during harvest. So it is right and good to give honor to a wise person. That's the flip. 
Okay. And I go over this in my Solomon courses. If you don't have these things, you know, I have ads on here once in a while for them. I go deep, way deep into the rabbit trail on what all this means and how to apply it. So I read that and then I immediately ask myself, how is this manifesting? Like what, what would honor be for me and even deeper than me to get it off me? What is honor for other people? Like who, who would it be right and good for me to give honor to right now? If I have the authority and the power and the platform to give honor, which I do, who is deserving of that honor? So it's like a perfect, sunny, bugless, humidity day in the summer. It's the perfect, it's natural, it's not annoying, it's not jeopardizing, it's everything that's right in every bit of timing that's right with the harvest cycle. Who would be deserving of honor right now? So one of the most important things in wealth and entrepreneurship and really life is learning to read the moment, read the time. Because if you read the time, if you do the right action at the wrong time, you've got the wrong action. So my, I'm saying like, it's what's the perfect time to honor the perfect people right now with the platform that I have? That's what I asked myself. So I started thinking and I wanted to, I wanted to purge out that. I didn't get to verse 2. Okay, I didn't get to verse two. I got to verse one in my meditation today. This was it. So I started writing down stuff. And I wrote down seven honors that are in your realm that be, could be given to you. Because I'm always thinking, how do I gamify everything? I'm Really, the whole brands of what I'm doing is gamifying information. Because I can share this. And as a podcast listener, this is designed to be an extremely passive background thing. You're working out. You're in the car. You It's background noise as you're working. It might be... You wake up and you're taking a shower to it. it you know, I don't know, but it's it's designed to be um, just kind of like a shower, motivational, informational shower for you to kind of be around maybe just the type of thoughts that are here. And if they give you energy and empower you, good. good. If they don't, they don't. So anyway, the idea is to be passive, but I don't make my money on a podcast like this. Do you notice that? It's just a share. So it's a it's a faster it like the creator's code, A, good is good enough. I haven't written a lot down for this. I it's just fast. Now after the idea is alive and breathing, I can spend some energy beautifying it, but I don't even care. An episode is an episode and good. I know it's gonna be good enough, and that's all I'm going for. I'm not going for perfection. In other episodes, in future episodes, perfection is actually gonna be the goal. There's certain sonic experiences that I have created in the past that I will create in the future that are designed to literally be almost like an art form that removes someone from the time and place and space that they're in and takes them into Hawaii, into the jungle, takes them into a place they haven't been before, takes them on a magic carpet ride somewhere that they haven't gone. Art basically has the ability to transport people from a time and place almost telepathically and sonically and visually to somewhere that they're not. Okay. So that's what art is. That's not what I'm doing here. I'm, it's kind of an instructive thing. So anyway, um, where am I going with this? So I have this bias for action. Like I want to gamify this because in our courses, everything is gamified and it's a higher level. It takes a lot more work and the technology and the time where good isn't necessarily good enough. It's like I'm, I'm hitting for value because people pay three to five to $10,000 for the information and they, they have to get a result or my whole goose gets cooked. Like the whole train stops. So if my buyers don't turn around and spend five and then they make, if they don't, if they don't get like a 25000 to $50,000 return in, you know, you know, that not as an investment, but if they can't, if an entrepreneur cannot consistently purchase my shit and win so much more than the cost of the stuff, I lose, I lose fast. 
I lose immediate. It's done. They will never buy from me again, nor should they. See, that's not a that's not the model that makes you any money. So that's that'd be a one-time harvester model. Well, I want to create gardens of clients that love what's happening and they want to move in on the planet, stake their stake their claim and actually have our brand be part of a power to their brand. Like we're we're part of the fuel and the energy and the nutrition and we're what would they feed on us to build their kingdom. Okay, that's kind of the the play there. So anyway, back to the back to the thing. Um, part of the gamification when I teach on this inside a course, with, which would be something Solomon related, I would say, what are seven honors that are in your realm that could be given to you that would mark that you're receiving honor? And that it's, and, I, and the number one thing is I want people to understand it is good and it is right to receive trophies, awards, honors, high fives, and all the accolades that are coming to them, they deserve it. It's for them. It's fitted. It's appropriate. It's honorable. It's right. It fits like an ergonomic custom boutique outfit. It's perfect for them to receive the honor and not to push it away, but not to go clamor for the honor, but to deserve and attract the honor. So I came up with seven just really fast, seven honors that are in your realm. And so let's say the company, just play with this. So let's say your company, whatever, has top producers or like an employee of the month, or something like that. I want you to look at this from the receiving end and the giving end. Most people who listen to this are on a platform of entrepreneurship. They are creating companies. Who are buyers? Can you honor your best buyers? Somebody, you have a t-shirt company and somebody did 20 t-shirts and you have a social media page. Can you say, hey, client of the month, like, you know, t-shirt festival guy of the month, like whatever, like, thank you. Like we love our shirts and you love them too. And we recognize that, that, that you guys make, make our world go around and that we live for you guys and we live for this kind of stuff. And you bought 25 shirts to give to all your friends at whatever. Thank you. We love you. Recognize that. That's a, that's a form of honor in Hebrew honor. It's very synonymous with money. Very, very, very. So when it says honor the Lord with your possessions, it's like honor and money and honor and possessions and honor and value and coinage and wealth are very, very right. So it's almost not right to pay a fool, right? It's not right to promote a fool. It's not right to give somebody a raise just because they've been hanging around long enough, okay? So honor is... Honor is symbiotically tied to deserving. Deserving comes from de, de, of service. Deserving, of the service. Anyway, okay. So this bias for action. Here's the seven. Your company has top producer award. If, as a receiver, does your industry have recognition? Is there a magazine article? So one is, can you give an employee of the month? Can you give top producer awards? Can you give some kind of special award to recognize someone who deserves it? Number two, um, your alma mater, where you came from, they ask you to give a speech. You give the commencement speech. That's a form of honor and it's fitting for you to be invited back to whatever school you were at or wherever you came from and address the community and address the culture as somebody who's come from that community that's gone on to the world and kicked ass. That is something that can you have someone that's come from your culture and done something and you invite them back and give them that honor? Or is there, you know, just open up the intention of being invited back to the alma mater to, to give that kind of speech. So there's all, there's all sorts of honor. Cause when we look at the Bible, what tends to happen is that we get glazed over eyes and 
our hearts go stony cold and we just have no concept of the application of this stuff. So the important thing I want you to grasp is here's, here's what real honor in today's right here and now culture looks like. Is there a father of the year award? Um, maybe that's something that you can actually grant somebody. You just freaking anoint yourself as a platform that can give a father or a mother of the year or a student of the year or a kid of the year or whatever, or some other, you know, award. And then, if the news has a special that features somebody or a media outlet, it's in it's a magazine article. It's it's these kind of things. I remember when What's Working Now, which is a home business magazine, reached out and said, "Hey, we want to do a special feature on you." I was on the cover of the magazine. Kids were on there. It was awesome. Another time we had um, when I was in network marketing, the number one publication, the Network Marketing Times, reached out and said, "Hey, we would love you to be an honored like a, like a guest author." Now I never took them up on that because I had. I had kind of moved on, but it was an open book. So there's certain honors. It Maybe it's being the mayor. Maybe people want you to be the mayor or the governor or the president or the presidentess of your company or a promotion. You can honor can also take the form of watches, gifts, car, cars, free vacations, cash bonuses. As a leader, how can you be an honor platform for other people? And as a achiever and as a creator, how can you deserve these kind of honors to show up in your life? For instance, Solomon, when he's on his throne, the Queen of Sheba brought gold, frankincense, myrrh, monkeys, peacocks, and a variety, a variety of gold and silver, spices, which were also a form of commodity back then, and laid them at his feet and said, you know, here, your wisdom, here it is. I, I'm, I'm honoring you with the honor, basically. How you honor is with honor. It's weird. But anyway... <clears throat> so it can take the form of gifts. So in one hand, how can you deserve these kind of things to happen? See yourself getting gifts in the mail. Um, almost every week we get a gift that's really cool. And a lot of them are custom. Like right now, I'm wearing this really awesome crystal that Tyler Tashiro went to Costa Rica, saw, thought it reminded me, thought it reminded him of me. And I, I wear it and I wear it wonderfully. And we get gifts all the time from people, um, books, jerseys. Sometimes I'll say I just like something and then within the month someone goes out and buys it and gives it to me and writes a little note with it. Like it's a beautiful thing. But I ask myself, how can I create an environment that gives so much out there that it's just an inevitable obvious thing that people feel there's a reciprocity um, and it feels right and natural to just reward back with a token of a gift or something. So Feel free to ask yourself that on the receiving end of honor, but also on the giving, how can we give? So immediately I called Jaden right away and we went into, um, I got 13 seconds left on this puppy. We went into a mind mapping on how we can start giving honor to our community. And so what happened was, and lo and behold, I, I'm cutting her off. Didn't mean to be a cliffhanger, but... Marky's got things to do. All right, love you guys. We'll pick it up. Um, if it's conducive, I'll do a follow-up episode on what we came up with. All right, love you guys. Bye.